0: relates to the song we just sang, um, and uh, think about it. Maybe as we look at God's word, um, there was this old couple, older than me and Barb, uh, that were driving in the car, and they had the. Um, they were in an old car. Do you know, they used to have the bench seats. Some of you maybe know those cars where you can have three or four people sitting up in the front seat of the car, in the big car, and and. They were driving in the car, and the wife was by her in her seat, and he was in driver's seat. And they came up to a stoplight and were stopped at the stoplight. And this hot car comes driving up, boom, boom, driving in there. And, and the, you know, and this guy's this young guy, earring in his ear and long hair. And, and he's vroom, vroom, driving there. And, and on his arm, just hanging right on him is this girl and just kind of, you know, kind of Interrupting his driving a little bit and just having a fun time boom boom like that and and these two these old couple they, they look over and they look at that car and and then the light changes and boom, they take off and and the wife's sitting there and turns to her husband and says, "You know, when we were younger, we used to be just like that couple. What happened? The old guy's sitting there and they you know, and he says turns over to him and says, I didn't move. <laughs> Think about it. That came, that's what came to my mind when we sang that song. So um, how that might relate um, is we'll see here along the way. Um, again, we just want to make sure that we have communicated well to you as a church family, that we are so thankful for the partnership that we have shared together these 34-plus years of ministry. And some of you may know or may not know, um, even though we are retired, we're still volunteering with Venture, and that's why we're doing ministry the way we are. Um, and, uh, and you guys are even helping us with some of that, and we really appreciate that. We, I want to tell a couple of stories along the way that hopefully will fit with the passage. And the one I want to tell first is this family. Um, their names are Yusuf Masih and uh, his wife and his children. Um, As you know, we lived in Pakistan for eight years. After eight years, we weren't allowed to to go back. God had a different plan for us. Uh, We were quite discouraged in 97. He said, um, the mission said, what do you want to do? Well, we want to be where Pakistanis are. The highest concentration was in London, East London. And so we moved there in 1998, not knowing why did God take us out of Pakistan, But part of his plan was, and part of that plan was put together right here at Oak Grove Church, downstairs in your basement, when we met with, um, uh, we had a meeting here for Cindys. the man that started the South Asian Friendship Center, a friend of ours from Pakistan, from Sindh, uh, he's but a Punjabi, not a Cindy. he said to me, he said, you've got to keep going back to Pakistan. They can't come to you, we need the work there. So on tourist visas, we continued our work in Pakistan going in and out of the country sometimes up to four times a year we continue to do that to this day and by God's grace until our brain stops or whatever Um, some of you may wonder if it ever started but um, along the way we encourage people and one of the families uh, that we came to know was Pastor Yusuf. Pastor Yusuf left the, the security of the Punjab, the northern part of Pakistan, to come down into the Sind to work amongst the... There's Punjabis, a bunch of Punjabi Christians in Pakistan, still only 1% of the country uh, population, but there are Christians. And he moved down to help some of the Punjabis in the Sindh and also went there to serve, to reach out to Sindhis. And he had a really good ministry with the Sindhi Muslims and his wife had a sewing classes and they were seeing Muslims coming to Christ we were working together with it was a wonderful ministry until one day in September in 2004 uh, he found himself looking at the barrel of a gun uh, pointed at his head with three men there, and they said, if you, if you make any noise, he had gone outside his house, you make any noise, we'll shoot you right here, and we'll go in and shoot the other three. They knew his family was inside. And he said, you come with us. They um, blindfolded him, uh, they took him, uh, started driving, they drove for hours along the way, they beat him uh, and um, kept beating him. Uh, they got to a place uh, where they made him um, undress where put on Muslim garb and they beat him again and they gave him something to drink and he passed out the next time he woke up um, he doesn't know that we know it was only maybe 12 hours later after because of time frames but he didn't know how long time had gone by he found himself upside down hanging with his feet tied um, and hanging 18 his head 18 inches from the ground and when he became conscious they beat him until he went unconscious again and that continued for another two days and then they finally untied him and then they bundled him up and they threw him in a ditch hoping that he was just gonna die it was cooler time of the year and he was uh, as it turned out he was actually in the northwest frontier 400 miles from the sin uh, in the mountainous area and he was in a ditch he, his blood pressure was low his temperature was low He became conscious and he crawled up to the ditch and even though it was a rural area, uh, a car, quote, happened to come by and turned out not to be enemies and they took him to a hospital. After a lengthy recovery, he eventually recovered from that. And he continued back in the sin with his wife and with his children until 2015 when he passed away. And now in 2022, you know who's the pastor of that church? His son. And they're continuing that ministry. And so, but here was a man who said, Yes to God, I'm willing to follow you, I'm willing to go where you want me to go. He had a successful ministry. His church, for and for believe me, for Pakistan, this is huge. His church had about a, a, a Punjabis, they are, they're their Christian background. Uh, That came to Christ, Uh, a bunch of Hindus came to Christ like 200 years ago, and they've just carried on generation to generation. He had like 150 people in his church, and so this ministry was going on well until that day in September, and life changed for him. It was a total, all of a sudden, he's looking down the barrel gun. I remember going to his house, and um, uh, after uh, this had happened, a month or so later, as soon as he recovered enough, I went there to see him and encourage him. And, and we just wept together as we heard his story and, and the fears and the concerns. And still knowing that those people are still alive and he's back, and should he continue sharing Christ with Muslims? And he saw more people come to Christ after that. And so. But he, his life was changed because of that. Now, maybe this past week, you haven't been physically beaten. Maybe you've never suffered physically. Barb and I have uh, for our faith. Um, but maybe you came this morning feeling beaten up, beaten up by life, beaten up by uh, failures, beaten up because you didn't walk with the Lord this week like maybe you wanted to or you're not walking with the Lord as maybe you want to just weary I I met a a a banker here a week and a half ago and 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 she she was the the manager and and we got talking and, and I just and I just said well you must be weary just life must just be a burden and she just about she wanted to start crying right there in the bank but she couldn't but but she said yes life is weary and You know, we, Barb and I up here are sharing our 10 minutes um, and excited to be, you know, give our life last 34 years in 10 minutes. Positive stories, right? Um, And there are some amazing things. We have seen people. We have seen Taliban fighters. They were called Mujahideen then, uh, that have come to Christ. We saw Taliban, uh, Paul Pigors and I, with my daughter, were surrounded by 10 men with AK-47s. And by God's grace, not only did he have us survive there, I got a picture of him, um, and and they let me take their picture. That's pre 9/11, and I actually they actually gave me one of their AK-47s. So here I am, of course I'm in the Pakistani dress, and here I am with these these, these Taliban Mujahideen, um, pre Taliban, and um, and they and and I've got a picture of them there. We shared the Lord with them. Three years later, we had an Afghan who had fought in Afghanistan, was now in London. He comes to Christ. That some of you, John, and others have met, and um, and and he comes to Christ. I say, come back with me. I want to go back up to the Afghan border and, and see if I can find some of these guys, see if any of them come to Christ. And we came back. This is post 9/11. So I have this picture with me and the, these the the team and these AK-47s, and because I had mailed some of them to them. And I'm walking in this village, right, this is right on the Khyber Pass, and, and, and people are looking at the picture, but now they're thinking, good grief, these must be CIA, this guy's got a translator with him now, and nobody knew anybody. And, and then a little eight-year-old, he goes, oh, that's my uncle. I said, go get your uncle. He said, oh, we're going off running. And so we saw about eight of them, and none of them had come to Christ at that point. Now here's a side to that story, you know, you Paul Harvey and the rest of the story. Jaffer, the the Afghan, these guys were Afghan Pashtuns. He's Jaffer, the guy that um, came to the Lord. He was um, Pashtun. Um, He's the guy that last August you guys helped with praying and a little bit of support to get them out of Afghanistan. Um, He was on the second to the last flight before uh, the military went out. Um, And um, Jaffer turns to me. Now, he's a Christian, right? He's come to the Lord. He's peace. With God and just wonderful relationship, then, and he's and he goes, he says, "Why do you even bother with these guys? You're never going to see an Afghan come to the Lord." I turned to him. I said, well, "What are you?" And he kind of gets a silly grin and said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> and you know how many of you have been praying for people? You say the Lord is just never going to bring them to Christ. I've been praying for my sister now almost 50 years since I came to the Lord and I've been praying for her. She said the first, first time I met and shared the Lord with her, she turned with all seriousness. She said to me, she said, do you think that the drugs you've been taking have ruined your brain? She really meant it. She figured I had gone loony. And so, you know, and here I am. You, no, you judge. And so churches started there literally are not just individuals, but churches around the world of people you will meet. The International Cindy Partnership, which was birthed here in 1990, the precursor to it, we started in London 1999, 1988, along with that Pakistani I mentioned, started right here at Oak Grove Church. Right here we decided we're going to meet in 1999, are we going to have a partnership or not in 1998 here, 1999, it started in London and it's been going guns since. There are now six or seven, depending on how you count, partnerships or networks around the world reaching out to Cindy's. In fact, one of those groups just met last Tuesday night, um, the Americas. So we have people in the Americas um, reaching Cindy's. Oak Grove has had a part of that. We've not only, the Asian Friendship Center started, but God used that center to help some other centers start it as they used us as a model and seeing those things. In fact, most people don't know this, um, and I won't say the name because I'm not sure where this is being broadcast, we had the opportunity to be a part of seeing a whole nother worldwide mission agency started. Just think of the people that you're gonna meet when you get to heaven from all those hundreds of people that are now part of another mission <laughs> that are bringing people to Jesus all around the world in closed countries that, that we're, I can't get in. God is doing some wonderful things. We're excited about that. And so we say, whoa, praise the Lord. But over the last 34 years, some of you know some of these things. We've been attacked more than once by armed men. Uh, we survived, survived an angry mob, um, two of my daughters and I, over 50 people, who said, we will kill you right now. Uh, we were, I was saved from a plot. I was there just by myself, not with the family. They were going to kill eight Amer- Western people in Hyderabad, and the police discovered that. Um, I was delivered from being at a, um, a place where a bomb was gonna, did go off. Um, in fact, my Muslim friends thought they were praying for me after I came walking in, came back down to Karachi, and they had been praying for me for the last four days because they thought I was dead. Um, and they were so happy that I was alive. And I said, "Well, it wasn't your prayers. Um, uh, we have landed safe. I We have some, you know, the travel stories. You get all of us have travel stories. You want to hear some hair-raising travel stories? We literally, where stuff was moving." Goods were moving because you know the G's were dropping. The plane was dropping so fast. The goods were moving, and, and here I'm having an opportunity to share the Lord with the, my passenger next, because motion stuff doesn't bother me. Um, and so, um, but I am ADHD. Bothers, lights bother me sometimes, so you keep down, keep it simple here. And so, um, and um, we have also been healed. You guys prayed when I almost died in 2005 and other attacks miraculous deliverances that god has brought and we we thank god for that but we went through those things and those things tried our faith one time with one of those attacks at five minutes after four when they came three men armed men came into our house at five minutes after four for the next three months Barb and i would wake up at five minutes after four in a cold sweat and we actually read a book Called The Causes and Cures of Spiritual Depression. Doesn't that sound like a lovely book? (laughs) Somebody recommended it to us, so we thought we'd give it a shot, but it turned out to be a really good one. If you're fighting with depression, I'll recommend it to you. Um, Now we're old. I met an older person yesterday, and they were really excited that they're going to serve the Lord and be able to travel and they were just diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. No more travel. Where is Jesus telling you to go? Where has he been saying, this is where we're going? Even though he's the one saying it, sometimes he has us going in places that are not so positive, like people with guns that want to kill you, or disease or illness, and whether it's a doctor delivering bad news, or a family member, or a spouse that has cheated on you and has left you, and um, or abuse as a child, or struggles that you're struggling with spiritually right now, whatever you're going through, Jesus wants you to go with Him further and farther. Some of us, he wants us to be in different places. And are we willing to trust him? Because he is faithful and he will bring us there. Let's take a look at some verses. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to look at it. We're going to have them on the screen. Um, I'd like to read these. And this is where we get these thoughts. So from Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. One day, Jesus got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled, filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke Jesus, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And Jesus awoke rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased and there was a calm. Jesus said to them, "Where is your faith?" And they were afraid; they marveled saying to one another, "Who is this that he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him?" This is a key thought that I want us to get across is that we need to keep trusting Jesus and his word going wherever he tells us to go. We need to be willing to go with him. As we understand Jesus, the living Word of God, through a Spirit of God communicating, affirming it through the Word of God, the written Word of God, where he says to go, we should be willing to go and trust him there. Jesus had said to his disciples in verse 22 We are going to the other side of the lake. Where are you going? Where are you going? Sometimes, oh, oftentimes, we live in a sin infested, sin affected world. And we can be driving down the road and be talking to God and be walking with Him and obeying all the laws, including the speed limits, if that's, you know, you're driving somewhere other than Minnesota. And, and, Somebody crosses the line and you have an accident. Has anybody crossed the line in your life and bumped into you and it's messed up your life days ago, weeks ago, years ago, decades ago? And it's twisted things in a way that you were not expecting when you said yes to Jesus. When I got the phone call that um, Deke was gonna come and he was coming my house within the hour because he wanted to shoot me I that isn't what I signed up for when I said I'll go to Pakistan yes Jesus I'm willing to go anywhere yeah yes I'm willing to die I'm willing to die it's that suffering beforehand I'm not looking forward to and so where are you with Jesus and where he's telling you to go even if it means staying right there and being faithful with your family of starting to be a witness within your family through reading the Word of God, through praying together with your family, faithful at work. I met a guy yesterday, 32 years with the post office, and he says, it's hard. He says, since COVID, people just don't want to work, and if that, that person, not, you know, productivity's gone down less, well, then this person doesn't want to pick up the slack because, you know, then they don't want to be covering for him. And, and he says, it's just a mess. He says, I have to go to work. He loves the Lord and wants to serve the Lord. And he says, every day I have to pray, Lord, help me to work hard for your glory, for your good, and to be a witness to those around. And so our troubles come in different ways. You don't have to just go to Pakistan to have troubles. You can stay right here in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. God never promised us and, I, and I'm tired of hearing, you know, you know follow Jesus and he's going to give you the wonderful, abundant life. And everything, the, the implication being is everything is going to be smooth. Will he give you abundant life? You bet. Will he give you peace and joy? You bet. Is it the only source for it? You bet. But will it come without stress without trouble without tribulation without problems without hassles we live in this world to be light and salt to our god for the good of people around us and there's no salt there's what who cares following the lord if everything's a bed of roses for you well, well that's easy for you but when somebody's when somebody and it's great when somebody gets healed but sometimes god brings help not through healing but through hurt and through heaven, he lets people die. He lets people get shot in the head. Bit Jetner, you guys prayed for him. Anybody remember that name? You oldies should remember that. Columbia, you had a prayer meeting. And the Lord answered it by popping him, getting him popped right in the head, left bleeding in a bus, like they said they would do. That's following Jesus? Is that what we're doing? Absolutely. Because the way of the cross, you got a cross here somewhere maybe? But the way of the cross is a way of suffering. God has not called us to have an easygoing life. But he has promised, just like the song that we heard earlier this morning, he is faithful and he will never leave you or forsake you and he will go with you through the waters he will go with you through the fire and you will see God's grace in your life and the purpose that he's given to you in Christ will be fulfilled whether again through hurt or through heaven we will see God at work and you can have that joy and it's an adventure Barb and I have been on an adventure with God and we're going to continue that adventure now outside of world venture but with adventure with God. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, God wants to take you places. He has purpose for you but not without tribulation. It says in Acts, I know we got that verse somewhere, Acts 14, it says, it's through many tribulations That we enter into life you got that one wow must enter the kingdom of god um maybe you should finish the message who's ever running the slides because we've only got 11 minutes and i've got five pages um so it's not trouble free if you're here this morning and you thought you know what I, i must be doing something really wrong because life is not going well for me right now now maybe it's true Maybe you have chosen to disobey God. You have chosen not to listen to God, not to read your Bible, not to pray, and you feel distant from God. Well, then he may be giving you a kick or a two-by-four in the back of the head. Get this right. But there are lots of times when suffering comes in our lives situations comes in disappointments despair discouragement deceit divorce and it's there because god is taking you through that to bring you to a place so that you can be the light and salt that he wants you to be and so you can have the real joy and the real peace that comes from knowing our lord and savior the kind of peace that says for the joy set before him Jesus took the cross. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation. I think this is John 16, In the world you have trouble and tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He didn't say, be of good cheer. You won't go through it. Eh. What did he tell the disciples? All 12 of them suffered. Uh, for as being followers of Jesus around the world 330 million more people than live in America are suffering for their faith today we have stuff on the table that you can um, to join with them in prayer you know that if anyone wishes to follow me Jesus said in in Luke 9:23. we're back another direction on the verses he says let him deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. Now, think about it. Um, I think it was Gordy. I was thinking about this. You know, Now you need a janitor. I thought, well, now I'm retired. Maybe I could use a little bit extra cash. Maybe I'll check that one out. But uh, I can only pick up 15 pounds, so I don't know if that helps. I can't vacuum cleaner. I can't even move. So, but you don't need a vacuum, do you? So, the. But you know what? Jesus said. Gordy, I think, is the one that told us. He said. Sin, how do you spell sin? S-I-N. At least he said he heard this from somebody. What's in the middle of sin? I, me. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to start saying, no, not my way or my will, but we need to be able to say God's will, God's way. And if I ask you to raise your hand, how many here want God's will in your life? Were you willing to go wherever you want? Yep, I'll go. I want God's will in my life. But then if I ask this, do you want it God's way or do you want it your way? And so what do we do in prayer? We come with our list and we say, well, I need this. I want that. I should have this. And this person is really a jerk. You deal with them, Lord. And, and the list goes down. And it's just basically my list and God being the celestial Santa Claus that I think he is, he's going to give me those gifts. Uh-uh. He says, deny yourself. And then take up your cross the cross is a symbol of death and suffering if you really want to follow jesus and maybe you've been saying this as well, why i asked jesus a long time ago and, and man i haven't been doing any of this lately when was the last time you knelt before the lord and said lord i do not want my will today i want your will today i want your will that is always done in heaven i want it done right now here on earth and i want to be part of that answer to that prayer When was the last time you even gave that as a cursory thought? If that has not been in your life, then you are not, you are not following Jesus. And it doesn't matter whether you've been a missionary for 34 years, an elder in the church, a member here, or you're just young and you're not even sure you even want to follow Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you have never trusted Jesus, just like we heard the songs earlier, this is from our heart. We really believe this stuff and we want God's will, God's way according to his word, but we fail in it. And if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, He has a purpose and He has the grace to help you to walk with Him and give meaning and purpose in your life, and you should say yes to Jesus today. But if you're here today and you've trusted Jesus and you haven't been saying yes to Him, why not this morning when we sing at the end, why not get right with God and say, I am not going to live the same this week. I am going to put Jesus first in my life because Jesus is the one who died and paid the price for my sins and he's the one who loves me and I want his love to control my life I don't want to control my you know what I've tried to control my life I continually try to do that and it always messes up God's will his way according to his word is the best are you willing to go with God where he wants you to go because if God says this is where we're going He's going to get you there. Now, Jonah, it took Jonah a little while to get there. He kind of had to go via the fish. And so, you don't want to go via the fish. Um, you want to go a little bit easier. So, um, you know, you ever ever been grabbed by the ear? I hope I haven't grabbed anybody's ear here. Some of the teenagers, maybe when they were in Sunday school. So that was a long time. You wouldn't be teenagers now. You can't grab ears anymore. So, um, but... God is into the business of grabbing our ears. And he says, I want you to follow me. And he does that because he loves us, because he's the creator. He knows what is best. Are we willing to say yes to him? The disciples, they were fearful. They were fearful because they weren't trusting the Lord. He told them where they were going. And he wanted them to see this great miracle. How cool is that? A big storm it says in Psalms that God is the one who calms the storms they saw God at work and he calmed the storm and he said we're going to the other side when they got to the other side we didn't read it but they healed the guy that was full of demons and and he got healed and got into his right mind and you know when he got into his right mind you know what he wanted to do he wanted to tell others about Jesus You you ever hear people, and you've heard me say this, you know, we want to be witnesses. We're we're not all called to be missionaries. We're not all called to be evangelists. But we are all called to witness to the fact of what Jesus has done in our lives, what he has done for the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But how many times are we afraid of that? And we're cautious, and "Mm, I don't know if I want to say that. But if we're not going with him, then it's pretty hard to say, but do you think those disciples, when they got out of the boat and somebody said to them, they said, hey, well, how, how was that storm? How'd you get through that storm? Well, uh, you know, we, we made it. I don't know. They were saying, man, I tell you, we, we, called, we called Jesus and we said, hey, you got to oh, call the storm. It was done. They were excited. But if you're not excited about Jesus, no wonder it's hard to talk about Jesus, and if you're not going with Jesus, it's pretty hard then to get excited about him because you don't, you're you going this way and he's over here. Get with the program. Follow Jesus. Barb and I have been doing that together as a couple for over 45 years. And as long as God gives us a breath and the grace, we want to keep doing it. And we want to keep doing it with you, Old Grove Church. But we not it's not guaranteed unless we say yes. You can't say no to the Lord and call him Lord. We need to be willing to follow him and to do what he wants us to do. We're doing good. I think. I'll just get rid of these pages. Oh. Anybody want to read something? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what do they say? hey, we're willing to go through the fire and God's going to deliver us. Amen, period, right? What did they say? They said, we're not going to bow down and we're willing to go through the fire and God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're still going through. We're going to follow the Lord. Daniel said the same thing. What did Daniel do? Three times a day, it says he used to get down on his knees and he would pray to God looking towards Jerusalem. I think I got it. East, right? We're going east right here? So, um, so is, when was the last time you spent quiet time with God and his word? Jesus is the living word of God. The Bible is the written word of God. And together with the spirit of God and the guidance of the fellowship of the gospel people here, You can understand where God wants to go with you. Will you say yes to him afresh today? Let's pray. Father, I ask right now for my brothers and sisters at Oak Grove Church, for many of my friends, many I know by name. Lord, perhaps as we've been talking, realize they haven't been with you, the living word of God. They haven't been with you, the written word of God. They've been neglecting. They've been not absorbing. Uh, They haven't been giving the time to you. Oh, they've been giving some time to religion, but time to you, magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to pray for my brothers and sisters now. And I want to say, Lord, afresh, Even this week, I want to spend time with you. I want to spend time with Jesus in prayer, not just asking and giving a list, but listening through the Holy Spirit. I want to spend time with the Word of God, you the living Word and the written Word of God, the Bible. This week, Lord, I commit myself afresh to giving time to you so I can hear when you say, let's go over there. If you're willing to join me in that prayer, it's a sign of your willingness. Would you be willing to lift your hand? I could pray for you. I won't pray for you by name. Just lift your hand up where you are and you're saying, yes God, this week I'm gonna spend time in your word, the living word, the written word. Father, I thank you for these that have raised their hand. Maybe others that didn't raise their hand but want that. Lord, give us your grace to one, God's will, God's way, according to his word. Now before I close, Lord, maybe there's someone here who has never said yes to Jesus and today they've heard again, maybe they've heard it before that Jesus died and paid the price for their sins. We sang it in that wonderful song earlier in the morning. Lord, you paid the price. You died. You took our place. And he's saying to you, but as many as received me, to them he gave the right to become a child of God. If you're here this morning, just like Jesus said in Revelation, you've been hearing him this morning. It says, "If I, Jesus says, I stand at the door knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him. Will you open your door of your heart to Jesus? You may not understand it all. It's not what you don't understand, but if it makes what does make sense, are you willing to open the door of your life to Jesus and say yes to him, confess him right now, and say, Lord, I don't want my will my way. I want God's will God's way in you, Jesus. If that's your desire, just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up so I see it. Okay, I see one, two, anyone else? Is anyone else okay? Lord, I just want to pray for these that raise their hand. And Lord, I ask that in your mercy and grace that you would help us all, including these three, uh, that they might grow in the grace and knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I end, I have a slide. If you can show that slide. Sorry, I got him off. I got him off. He's away from the machine. For those who raise your hand, anybody else, I, I, but I wrote this little booklet up, and I would like to give it to you, if after the service. And I've also made a commitment. Anybody who makes a commitment to the Lord, I'm willing to want to pray for them daily for this next year. And so meet me afterwards. Be at the table in the back after the service. Thank you, and sorry for going a couple minutes over.